Greetings, Podcast Nation, Pod Parazzi, Orcaholics, and fans of fact-based reality and reality-based facts. Welcome to Scanna. I'm Mark Lair Young, author of The Killer Whale Who Changed the World and director of The Hundred-Year-Old Whale. That's the story of Granny, now on Vimeo On Demand. If you saw our podcast listing for this episode, I'm pretty sure I know what you're thinking. Michael Moore? Orcas? Yeah, gotta be a different Michael Moore. It's a common name. There must be some Michael Moore studying orcas in the Antarctic. It can't be Roger and me bowling for Columbine sicko, Michael Moore. Nope. This would be the same Michael Moore who raises temperatures of Fox News viewers to Fahrenheit 11.9 and beyond. But this interview, 100% Trump-free, because it's a blast in the past. In 2009, I interviewed Moore at the Toronto International Film Festival about the world premiere of Capitalism, A Love Story. It was a memorable interview for all sorts of reasons, because, hey, Michael Moore, but also because he kept getting bumped by U.S. media outlets. But right when his handlers were telling me he was going to have to cancel on me, Moore saw me in the hall waiting for him and asked if I'd like to join him for pizza. With Moore's new movie Making Waves, I thought I'd listen to see if there was anything in our interview that might be interesting. And despite the fact that this was recorded during the ancient days of the Obama era, I think our conversation about why Moore makes movies, bracing for backlash, and trying to create a better world still holds up. I hope you agree. This episode is brought to you by the letter J. Okay, it really isn't, but I've always wanted to say that. It's brought to you, as always, by our awesome Patreon patrons like Chantel Shawnee Surrett, Eagle Wing Whale Watching, It's Only Natural Clothing, Mike Whitley, Joseph Planta, host of the fantastic interview podcast Planta on the Line, and Yosef Wask. We'd really like to be spending more time, heck, all of our time, chasing all the important stories out there about oceans, orcas, and the environment. So if you'd like to help us do that, please join our pod at patreon.com backslash MobyDoll. Every dollar really does make a difference. And now, let's travel back in time for a slice of story with Michael Moore. Sure, that'll be great. Thank you. It's good. It's healthy. It's chicken. It's whole wheat. Okay. Right, low fat cheese. Wow. Well, yeah. Thank you. It's getting yeah. a little cold. Um. So you're one of the few people on the planet who just consistently inspires me. Oh, thank you for saying that. Thank you. No, it means a lot to hear that because I take so much abuse. Uh, when you say something nice, I really appreciate it. Well, I was just wondering who who inspires you. What inspires you now? Well, that's a good question. You mean other than Naomi, Naomi Klein? Mm-hmm. I was thinking besides, you know. I've been really inspired since November 4th. That really lifted my spirits. I went through eight years of, of hell. I went through it personally, and the country went through it, and the world went through it. So, <clears throat> I'm, um, 
I remain hopeful with Obama in the White House. Okay. In spite of how difficult it's become to be hopeful. Yeah. So. Um, I'm inspired by a lot of things. I see a lot of good that's going on. You know? I met a bunch of nickel miners from Sudbury last night. We're on strike. Because the company, even though it's making profits in the billions, is trying to cut back on their pension. And they're just not going to take it. You know, to go out on strike during this economic time, a very brave thing to do. So, I'm continually inspired by a lot of things, a lot of people. Were you at all inspired by the take on this when you mentioned Naomi Klein? Because that was the only movie that I could think of that that even came close to going into Star Trek. I've not seen that movie, um, sadly. Um, but I've been meaning to see it. I just think that there are good people like her who are saying and doing good things, good, good, good work. And the more, the better. <laughs> now I've got you to do. Sorry. That's okay. Where do you feel that you have the most impact now as a filmmaker? Did you feel you have more, was there more impact in doing, say, TV Nation, The Awful Truth, or in the blogs, or in being an activist like you were when you, you were going out and raising, and um, I just finished watching Slacker Uprising. Like, where do you feel you're having the most political impact? Hmm. Well, <clears throat> a number of ways to answer that. I'm a writer. My filmmaking comes from my writing. All good films are there because it's, they've got a good story. There's a good story to be told. So I focus a lot on the writing. Um, I, um, I'm a filmmaker. I'm a, I don't use the word political activist because I, I think it's redundant. If I say that if I'm a citizen of a democracy, it means automatically I'm a political activist. I have to be. All of us have to be. If we're not active, it ceases to be a democracy. So, um, but I love the movies. Maybe that's a selfish way to look at it. Maybe television has more impact. But I don't think so. I think the movies do. TV may reach more people, but it's so, you know, in the moment and then it's gone. <clears throat> movies, I think, last longer. Movies require active participation. Television is a passive activity. You're sitting there on the couch, you're doing other things, you know, it's there, it's kind of noise in the room. Okay. Movies, you have to leave the house, you gotta get a babysitter, you gotta spend money. You gotta commit. You gotta commit. Then you gotta go sit in the dark room with a bunch of strangers. And you gotta have a communal experience that television doesn't give you. So the chance of action, political action happening out of the movie theater, out of those who see it in the theater, is far greater than perhaps those who see it at home. Do you think the movies also provoke more conversation? Because when you make a movie, you're it's not just that you do the regular press junket. You become you've been becoming part of the national dialogue in the U.S. Mm -hmm. on pretty much every movie you've done. Yes, yes, I believe that's true. I believe to be on TV now is to be 
can have a show on one of 200 channels. Okay. It's almost like being at the Toronto Film Festival, the movie. I mean, you have one movie out of 335 movies. And that's really hard, especially for unknown filmmakers, to come here and have their head come up above the water. You know what I mean by that? Yeah. I mean, I work, like I, read, I pick up the, the Globe and Mail every morning on a star. They're so focused on the celebrities and the big names. And there's so many brilliant little films that come to these festivals. And um, I'm I fear they get lost in all the noise. Hey, do you know if this film's going to be in the Vancouver Film Festival? I'm not sure. I haven't looked into Vancouver Film My head's been so focused on Toronto that I haven't yeah. checked out yet. But that's where you're from, right? Yeah, from Vancouver. Why, do you have a connection to Vancouver? or just? No, but I mean, I remember with Roger and me, I was here, and then I went out there right away. Okay. Like one, two. Well, are you, you're up to Detroit next, aren't you? Yeah. Like well, Pittsburgh okay. tonight. Wow. That's a whirlwind. Yeah. Um... What, it's funny, I haven't written down questions for interviews in years, but for you, I really wanted to. Oh. Um, but what do you hope people are going to come away with from this? Like when you, when people see this movie, what do you hope the reaction is going to be? What do you look for? A number of things. I hope that the average American will quit thinking that they're going to um, achieve the American dream that they too will be rich someday that's just not going to happen okay. um, I hope that people get involved become active join an organization uh, run for office themselves any of a number of things um, at the very least quit participating in the system don't buy shares of stock Put your money in a credit union. Only use credit cards where you have to pay at the end of the month. You know? Don't put your pension in the stock market, for Christ's sake. You know? <clears throat> Things yeah. like that. How do you deal with the anger that you inspire from some people? Because it kind of blows my mind. The anger toward the issue, or no, they just um, toward me. The general, oh. I mean, the fact that like Fox News thinks you're public enemy number one, um, and the fact that lots of people seem to watch Fox News, and I mean, yeah. I'm watching the town halls. First time I saw Fox News, I never see, I saw Colbert before I saw Fox News, and then I saw Fox News and thought they were kind of like him. Uh, so. It stuns me, like watching the town halls and when people are bringing guns and people were arrested for wearing nasty t-shirts to see George Bush, but people are okay bringing automatic weapons to see Obama. How do you deal with that level of crazy? I have a lot of security. <laughs> They're out in the hall right now. Okay. Does it ever scare you? Like, do you ever... You know, I've lived a good life. I've done. I've accomplished things I wanted. I never thought I'd be able to do. I raised a good kid, so I don't think too much about. Just keep moving on. Well, there was an interesting comment that I, I read a few places that you made this movie as if it was your last film. Mm -hmm. Was that because of the subject matter? Like, what 
what made this one particularly special like that? I just got to thinking, it's been 20 years since I made Roger and me. I'm still talking about General Motors. I get, now it's bankrupt. The thing, the very thing I warned about. Yeah. You know, I, I told people there weren't weapons of mass destruction. We shouldn't win to Iraq. Yeah. And I go back over all these movies, these things I've done where um, it feels like I'm beating my head against the wall. You know, um, at some point I just get tired of it. So people aren't going to join me and do it. If, if you Google public enemy number one in Fox News and it's always my picture, yeah. then something's wrong with that picture. Okay. Now, when I was watching this, I couldn't, I, I found myself picturing the Larry King interview, you know, where it's like Larry King, like, Michael, are you a socialist? Like, what is your, how would you define your politics now? What I tell Larry, I forgot. No, I, I just imagined that. I have no idea if you've already answered oh. that question to him. Oh, I mean, when I go on, it's Yeah, when he, it's just. Oh, wait, are you a socialist? Yeah. I probably will just say I'm not, well, I'm heterosexual. Nice. Yeah, I'm overweight. Uh, blue hair, blue eyes and brown hair. I don't know what I would say um, to that. Because I don't belong to any ideology, really. I'm a filmmaker. Yeah. My job is to take a look at what, what you know what's going on and make movies about it. Now, do you define yourself? More as a film, as a filmmaker, or as a writer, you just said you don't really. Define I'm a writer. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a filmmaker. Yeah, that's what I do. Well, one of the things that hit me watching this was that, from a Canadian perspective, there's nothing that you're saying that's outrageous or radical. Like my grade ten social teachers could have said some of that stuff, and it would be fine. But in America, it feels like this is there are going to be people who practically accuse you of treason, that's or correct. not practically. Um, they will. Okay. Because I think it's written in the Constitution we're a capitalist country and how dare you speak against it. That fascinated me. The, the, so that is the attitude. I mean, I know that's the attitude, but yeah. that's the mindset you're running into. Uh -huh. I'm ready. The first Americans will see it in about five hours. Wow. As I sit here talking to you, no Americans have seen this movie. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um... How do you expect people are going to react? I mean, do you have any sense that this will shock people there? That this will upset or outrage or? Now more than ever, I think people are willing to have that discussion. Thanks to Joe the Plumber. Thanks. Joe the Plumber got Obama to say that he, Obama, believed in spreading the wealth. Okay. Essentially, that's socialism. When they went all nuts on Obama. They weren't going nuts for any. For, they were they were going nuts for a reason, because they knew that that's what he believed. So, <clears throat> I think this movie will make some people feel crazy, but I think the majority now are open to thinking about, hey, maybe there's something wrong here with the system we have. What are you proudest of in terms of the work that you've done? Is there one piece that stands out? Probably proudest of finding the courage on that Oscar stage to give up my moment, you know, and Kanye West myself. <laughs> that was a pretty amazing moment. Um, how do you keep your sense of humor? 
Oh, yeah, I have to. That's the only way you deal with the despair. You know, when you grow up in an Irish household, Irish-American household, you know, humor is a very important. Because Irish, you know, we look at things at the world in a pretty dark way. So it leads too many of us to drink. It led me to, you know, relying on my sense of humor. If someone said you could turn around tomorrow and change the world, what would you want to do? What would your mission be? Your... Free HBO for everybody. <laughs> Number one. It's like the only good TV. And it costs money. It should be free for everybody. Nice. <laughs> uh, could you talk a little bit about your relationship to Canada? Because I know that that's how one of your series got funded. Or was it both or just the one? What's that? My, your relationship with, with Canada? Because, I mean, it's fascinating. My grandfather was Canadian. Okay. Um, well, I just, you know, I wish more Americans would look north and see that there are some things we can learn from you, you know? That we might be better off if we were more Canadian-like in some ways. Okay. You know, not the boring, dull stuff. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? But... There's something about your core, your values, the way you're wired. Yeah. You believe you have that you're your brother's keeper. That you have a responsibility. That you exist as a part of a whole. If one of you gets sick, it means that if that's not taken care of, then we all sort of suffer a bit. I think that's pretty profound. Do you have any sense of why or how that happened, where that schism comes from? I can't put my finger on it, other than to say, keep, keep yourself on the grandfather. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and maybe sometimes the greatest change can happen that quickly, and maybe with just one person being the spark. Well, you yeah. know, I'm assuming you know that Tommy Douglas was voted the greatest Canadian. No yeah. One, you know, but he, no, I know. Yeah. Over your, your first Prime Minister, McDonald, over, you know, a whole host of Canadians that you could put on that list. Yeah. You know? Alex Trebek. Okay. Yeah, Alex Trebek had a good shot. Um, okay. The rock group April Wine. Oh, that's a fine idea. <laughs> Did they make a list? I don't think April Wine made, made a list. Wayne Gretzky came pretty high up. Um, okay, I really do appreciate this. I really appreciate you making time. Thank you, man. And Thanks so much. Thank you. I'm probably not supposed to do this, but here's me. Oh. Are you giving this to me? Yes, please. Um, have you... Oh man, thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you very much. Thank you. I love the title. Thanks. Since I know you're all wondering, the pizza was really good. If you like the show, please tell all your friends. I'm Mark Laren Young, and this is Scanna. Spread the word. Subscribe on iTunes. Rate us on iTunes. Visit our YouTube channel for cool bonus material, including ideas on how you can make waves for orcas, oceans, the environment, and hundred-year-old whales. And if you'd like to help us make more podcasts more often, please join our pod at patreon.com. If the show doesn't work for you, I'm Dr. Death. Scanna is produced by the always awesome Rain Banu. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss upcoming episodes with Julia Barnes, writer and director of the beautiful documentary Sea of Life, Jason Colby talking about his essential book, Orcas, how we came to know and love the ocean's greatest predator, and a special tribute to eco-legend Rob Stewart and his game-changing new movie, Sharkwater Extinction. <laughs>